This is Reset. I'm Susie Ann, in for Sasha Ann Simons. We're continuing our post-election coverage today with a look at City Council. With all ballots accounted for, a dozen new alder people will be representing their communities in City Council. Meanwhile, voters in 13 wards will have to do it all again in April during the runoff election. And regardless of who wins the runoff, at least eight more new faces will be joining the council. There's so much turnover in part because of a wave of lawmakers saying they would not seek re-election. So as we enter a new era for city council with fresh faces and newly drawn maps, we wanted to talk to a couple of lawmakers who are celebrating their very first win. We're joined now by Alderperson-elect Jesse Fuentes of the 26th Ward on the near northwest side. Welcome to Reset. Thank you for having me. So first off, congratulations on the win. How are you feeling? I'm feeling extremely grateful. I'm a young person from Humble Park. And, you know, if you would have asked me a decade ago, would I imagine myself here today? Uh, I would not, never have believed. And so I'm extremely grateful to be sitting here. Well, your word re- represents parts of Logan Square, Hermosa, uh, Humboldt Park, uh, where you've been living your in- entire life and, and really active around the community. How long have you been living there? And, and and how have your experiences living in the area impacted your level of involvement in the community? Absolutely. I've been living in the Humboldt Park uh, area my entire life. And I grew up in, you know, what is a very typical experience of growing up in poverty. I'm a daughter of an incarcerated parent. My parents have suffered from substance abuse And, you know, I was privileged to be a part of a community that truly invested in me and to have a school and an organization that didn't discard me despite my lived experience. And it was because of that investment that I immediately became an organizer. I started fighting for affordable housing at the age of 18. And so it has informed me um, up until this point. Wow, yeah. Well, before seeking the scene, the seat, um, and as you mentioned, you you became an organizer. Uh, you were also the director of policy and youth advocacy for the Puerto Rican Cultural Center and co-chair of the uh, Puerto Rican Agenda. Tell us about what you did during your time there. Absolutely. You know, as co-chair of the Puerto Rican Agenda, we are a coalition of uh, Puerto Rican leaders across the city of Chicago and state of Illinois that's fighting for the self-determination of Puerto Ricans on the island and in the diaspora. And we were the organization that landed the first plane after Hurricane Maria um, to take supplies after that hurricane devastation. And we brought back 300 climate refugees from Puerto Rico. And so my work has really been about providing that aid and resources and policy work to ensure the self-determination of Puerto Ricans. At the Puerto Rican Cultural Center, it has been around the investment in our community. I was able to build a $4.5 million violence prevention department that really seeks to provide the wraparound resources for young people the way I had the privilege of having wraparound resources at the age of 16, 17 in our community. And you work with young people. You were also the dean of students at two different schools in the neighborhood. Uh, do you feel like all the work you've done until now gives you a unique perspective on what's happening around you compared to the others in the race? Absolutely. You know, I have a lived experience that truly is able to articulate what it means to be a victim um, or perpetrator of violence, and more importantly, what it means to be able to engage in a restorative process that allows you to heal, rehabilitate, and really get on the other side of some of those systemic uh, barriers. And the experience professionally and politically gives me 
uh, the experience needed to be able to legislate in city council um, that truly represents the residents across the 26th ward entirely. And, and what have you learned from your neighbors about what they want to see change or improve in the area? Absolutely. There, you know, there are the, the three issues that we know we need to work extremely hard on. That is the sustainability of working families across the 26th ward as, you know, the district is being ravaged by gentrification. There's so much work to do in terms of ensuring we can have property tax relief, uh, bring more affordable housing to the 26th ward and affordable home ownership opportunities. And we have done that work. We have watched um, Alderman Roberto Maldonado do that work and bring in um, plenty of affordable housing. And so we're going to continue that work and we are committed to that. Families are also extremely concerned around public safety, right? We have seen an increase in gun homicides and carjackings, and there's a direct correlation between the disinvestment in our schools, the lack of investment in youth programming, and the increase in violence in our community. And so we are going to stay focused and be unwavering in our commitment to ensure that we are bringing the necessary resources that our young people deserve, both in our schools and in our community centers. Yeah. You mentioned your predecessor, Alderman Roberto Maldonado, and um, and, and his efforts to uh, curb gentrification. Um, give us some context here. Why was gentrification such a big issue for Maldonado? Well, we watched immediately families being displaced in the last decade. We watched more families sell their homes and move out of the district because of their inability to afford to live in the 26th Ward. As we watched multi-million dollar developments go up, our families moved out. Uh, and it was a moral obligation to do something about it. Our community was demanding for the office to do something about it. And he responded with the with the efforts of bringing more affordable housing projects to the 26th Ward. Um, and plenty have been built and have housed working families across the 26th Ward. Uh, but we also know there is so much more work to do. There is more affordable housing that needs to be brought in. And we also have to start thinking about affordable home ownership ownership opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, that is something that, um, you know, both of you align on, um, something we've talked about a lot on the show recently is how city council will be changing with so many new faces and freshman aldermen. Is this something that you're excited about? Do you worry at all about long-term aldermen with years of experience deciding not to run for reelection? No, I, you know, I'm extremely excited about folks who have won uh, this election, right? I'm extremely privileged to be here with Julia. Uh, we are individuals who have been organizing for most of our lives, uh, committed to the fight for working families and the sustainability of our communities. I think that the fresh new faces are going to give city council the type of organizing, grassroots organizing that our communities deserve. Uh, you know, we are a different group of people with a different set of lived experiences and a different set of professional and political experiences that's truly going to give city council a breath of fresh air. That was 26th Ward Alderperson-elect Jesse Fuentes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And we'll turn now to 12th Ward Alderwoman-elect Julia Ramirez. She'll be representing parts of Brighton Park and McKinley Park starting this spring. Welcome to Reset. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And congratulations to you as well. Uh, what's been going through your mind the past couple of days? Um, it feels completely surreal, to be honest. Um, it's funny. People are telling me, take a break. And then um, here's my break here at WBEZ. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel so energized. People are really excited. I feel like this is a really big win for myself, for my family, and really for all of the 12th Ward. 
Yeah. Well, after your ward's former alderman, uh, George Cardenas, announced he was stepping down in November, four people applied to be appointed aldermen, one of them being incumbent Annabelle Abarca. I'm just curious why you didn't apply to be the appointed alderman. What motivated you to pursue this race? Yeah, there was a clear message that we wanted to portray. We wanted to make sure that people were democratically active and politically active. For a very long time on the Southwest side, people have been disenfranchised. People don't vote. We're actually third last in all of the city of people who come out and turn out to vote. And I didn't want to apply because I then again will be a part of a process Mm -hmm. that doesn't include community. And so although somebody was elected um, for the interim, I knew that the power of organizing, that the people were going to be able to choose who they wanted for the next four years. And this was your very first time running for public office. Yes, um, I'm a social worker. I just graduated actually with my license um, to be a school social worker for the Chicago Public Schools. And um, people were really energized to get a new fresh face. Um, You know, I've been in the community. My family's lived there for 50 years. And I felt like I had nothing to lose. Like my heart was in it. I had the best intentions because I'm going to stay there and I love my community. So uh, we ran a strong race and we worked really hard. So I'm so glad that we were able to um, to win this uh, for our community. And as we mentioned, uh, you, you took the seat from Annabelle Abarca, who was appointed by uh, Mayor Lightfoot and was endorsed by former Alderman uh, Cardenas. What do you think set you apart from your opponent? Yeah, I think that one of the things um, that Jesse referred to is sort of like, you know, a breath of fresh air. I think, you know, somebody like Jesse and I, we're bringing in new, a new vision. And, and it's a vision that includes people, right? And so when people, when we're knocking on doors and, you know, we're sharing our stories, it resonates with people at the doors. And so, you know, mothers started, you know, door knocking for us because they felt included and they know that this is our neighborhood, you know, this is our home. These are our kids. And so how do we get involved? Because there's a, a lot of systems that have been in place that have disinvested our communities and people want their power back. And so I think that that was um, a clear separation from myself and yeah. my opponent. And and you've been living in Brighton Park all your life. What do you love about the neighborhood and, and what do you want for the future of the neighborhood? I think it's the resiliency. Um, it's just like the power to see the beauty and like celebrate each other um, at all costs. It was really important for me. I, I lost my brother to gun violence in 2014 And, um, you know, just experiencing um, the ways in which um, our community has always been held back. And I just always thought as an organizer, like, I'm going to do everything possible to be working for our families and our youth. Um, And so I'm I'm just so grateful to now have the opportunity to be in city council, um, advocating in a very big way for the resources um, that our families have needed for a long time. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned public safety is a big issue for you. Uh, just going back to um, losing your brother to gun violence. So when it comes to violence in your community, what solutions do you have? Uh, you know, many people are looking for short, short-term plans, um, things that can be done on day one. What short and long-term solutions do you have planned? Yeah, there's definitely some immediate, action, immediate actions that we want to fulfill. And luckily now we have the ECPS candidates um, that are newly elected. And I think that they're going to play a really clear part of working with the Chicago Police Department. I think that we need to start building trust and communication. Um, one of the things that happens is that like in a place like the 9th um, Police District is Brighton Park is at the very edge of that district, right? So a lot of times when people make calls, 
police don't make it there on time. And so we want to make sure that that's effective. But most importantly is that we're investing in long-term solutions. What that means is creating more opportunities, expanding One Summer Chicago um, all year round. And, you know, I uh, work in restorative justice practices. I've been um, a community organizer. And so we need to start investing into intervention and prevention programs for our youth. And you mentioned ECPS, that is the Empowering Communities for Public Safety. Um, Another issue you want to tackle is environmental justice, uh, specifically the Matt Asphalt Plant in McKinley Park. Issues around permits, restrictions, and and building facilities on the southwest and southeast sides is something we've heard a lot of advocates talk about. What are you planning to do to address that? Uh, You know, it's unlikely that you could remove the facility in the neighborhood, right? Yes, unfortunately, that is the case. And we've had um, conversations with families about that. But we also need to look at how it even got there in the first place, right? There was no community zoning processes. And so that's something that we are going to implement. Community will have a say and they will know what corporations or what businesses are coming into the community and they'll have a say whether or not that is best for their families. Another clear part is that we want to be an advocate within city council about funding the Department of Environmental Health because we need to hold polluters accountable in a very big way. Yeah. What do you feel like uh, you're missing when it comes to the needs of your neighbors? Um, you know, I think that for me, I as a social worker, I, I'm, I'm always looking at things in sort of a strength-based assessment. I think that we need to have a community needs assessment. I, need the, I think that we need to also meet people where they're at. Um, and so, you know, when people talk about like, where's your office going to be? I'm like, I still want to continue to canvas. I still want to have meet and greets. I still want. And so I, I don't think that we have all the solutions because we need to include more people and we need to organize more people. And I, I intend to do that right away. And what else can your constituents expect from you? Um, oh, my goodness. Um, my energy, my excitement. Um, you know, I, I luckily was able to spend some time with Jesse yesterday after our big victory. And we were talking about what we're most excited about. And I think it's really just about being there for people um, and being there for people as an alderwoman um, and as a representative um, in city council. And I'm going to ask you a similar question that I asked uh, Jesse. You know, we're going to be seeing a lot of new faces in the city council uh, from alderman to the mayor. Do you think this is going to be a positive change for the city? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, we're seeing that already uh, with Jesse um, also um, being the alderwoman elect. And finally, where do you think there will be challenges? I think some of the challenges, um, I think we need to start um, realizing that, you know, our issues are not bounded by wards. And so I hope that we can work more collaboratively um, um, throughout the city and figuring out especially how to provide better safety for our communities. Thank you much, so much for talking with us. That was Alderwoman-elect Julia Ramirez of the 12th Ward.